She teaches fourth grade. She sings. She plays the piano. She drives monster trucks, I think, or something. We, I think we'll just keep her around. Amen. All right. Thank you, Pearl. Appreciate you, Mrs. Williams. All right. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Thank you, Brother Williams, for reading that. Lord, uh, Lord made it clear and evident to me today to preach Christ. What better thing is there to preach? Preach the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my all. He's everything. He ought to have the preeminence. Amen. And John, the gospel, according to John here, the Apostle John, he, he, his whole book gives us a theme that Jesus is the Son of God. Where Matthew points Jesus as King and, and Mark as a servant and Luke as the Son of Man, but John says he's not just a man, he's the Son of God. Amen. In John chapter 1, I remember in college they made us memorize this first 14 verses of it, and it stuck with me. Oftentimes I quote it. You hear me quote it often when I'm preaching. And uh, it's a great passage of Scripture. Let's dive right in, but first I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to help one more time, all right? And so let's pray, and then we'll dive right into the Scripture. Lord Jesus, thank You for being my God and my Savior. And thank You, Lord, for being the one this morning that we can lift up. Lord, You're worthy of it all. And uh, thank You. You are God. And you are our Savior this morning. Thank you for that. Holy Spirit, as the Spirit of Christ, as you're called in the Scripture, Lord, I pray that you'd help me to point folks to Jesus Christ and that you would fill me and use me for your purpose this morning. And God, that you'd bring your Word and make it, bring it alive, illuminate it to us this morning, Lord, and help us to understand what you have. Thank you for the time of preaching. And Lord, I pray that you'd use it now. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 1 begins here. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God in the beginning. Now, that Word, of course, I just said, I'm going to preach Christ. The Word is Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 7, it says there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. In Revelation chapter 19, the Bible says the Son of God comes back at Armageddon to uh, step down on the earth once again. And it says He's robed in a, in, in a robe of white coming on a white horse. And the Bible says His name is the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Why the Word? You say, Pastor John, I don't understand that. We've got the Word of God right here. That's right. This is the written Word of God. Jesus Christ is that living Word of God. This is, this is what God gave us. Penned it down for us. The Bible uh, speaks so, so often of, it, of itself. The Holy Spirit speaking through the Word of itself. How that holy men of God penned it down as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peter tells us. And uh, we have God's words for us right here. Don't take it for granted. But then we have the living Word of God. And that word in the Greek, that word is logos. That Greek word, it means the divine expression. Jesus Christ is the divine expression of God. The Bible says in Colossians that He is the image of the invisible God. Amen? 
Every time that man has had a dealing with God and, and looked at Him or, or looked upon something that God was speaking, it was Jesus Christ. Amen. He is that image of God. I think about, I, I take this very literally when I, when I consider that and how, uh, how God, the Bible says in Hebrews that He is the, Jesus is the expressed image. He's that expressed image. I take that very literally. I believe it was Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnation, the Son of God who came down and walked with Adam and Eve. I believe when Moses was up on that mountain, saw that burning bush, I believe it was Jesus Christ because He's that expressed image of God. I believe it was when Jacob was wrestling uh, there on in Je- the Jabbok River there before he met the night before he met Esau. I believe that was Jesus Christ. Uh, the, it, there are so many times in the Word of God where Jesus shows Himself in, especially in the Old Testament. And if we take the time and read through the Bible, we can see it. Say, oh, that was Jesus right there. That was Jesus right there. That was Jesus right there. Amen. Think about even Nebuchadnezzar. A wicked, a wicked heathen king said, wait, or uh, actually it wasn't Nebuchadnezzar. That was, uh, yes it was, yes it was. It was Hebrews chapter 3, or excuse me, uh, to Hebrews. Daniel chapter 3. I was thinking of his grandson or further down the line in, in Daniel 5, but it was Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 3. He said, he threw Daniel in that lion's den, remember? Like, what am I talking about? Lord, help, Holy Spirit, help me here. I'm so excited, I'm tripping over my words here. Tripping over the book of Daniel. I'm talking about Daniel and Lion's Den. I'm trying to talk about the Hebrew children in the fire. Amen. Lord, help me. Whew. Holy Spirit, I'm not kidding right now. I need him. That's what happens when the flesh just, just starts going a little, a little. Holy Spirit of God, help me right now to preach the word. Amen. Not myself, but you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Let's back it up. You ready? Not Daniel Lion's Den. We're talking about the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Daniel chapter 3. Amen. Holy Spirit saying, Phew. get out of the way. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. You ready? Now, here we go. Even Nebuchadnezzar said, there's a fourth man in that fire. And, it, and it, he's got the image of the Son of God. It's Jesus Christ. The expressed image of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. I like how it says in the beginning there. In the beginning. It takes me back in my mind in Scripture to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? That's, but here, but we, we know when, when Brother, Brother Gwen, when you go back in that Hebrew word in Genesis 1, the Hebrew word for God is Elohim. You know what that is? That's a plural noun. Elohim is. It's not singular, it's plural. And what God was trying to teach us in the Word of God was that God the Trinity was apparent and at work right there at the creation time. And here, uh, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, that Jesus Christ was also there. He was also there. Amen? Let's continue on. The same was in the beginning with God. Look at verse 3. Oh, this is great. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. You know what it just said? It said Jesus Christ is our Creator. Isn't that what it just said right there? Hey man, that's exciting right there. And all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. It was Jesus that said, let there be light. That, that voice of God, that Word of God that spoke us into existence. Amen? 
Let the waters divide. The waters divide one from the other, right? Let the ground come forth. Let there be animals after His kind and this thing after that kind. And let, let us make man in our, our own image. Jesus Christ said that. The Bible says in Colossians 1 that all things were made by Him and for Him. Speaking of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says, uh, speaking... Uh, of the of the father he says uh, by whom and then talking about his son says by whom he made the worlds uh, Ephesians chapter three I have it, I wrote it down here to make sure I got it Ephesians three said who created all things by Jesus Christ I think it is magnificent it's wonderful it boggles my mind but it is it's it helps me to be put my attention towards Jesus Christ like I ought to more. When I realized that it was my creator that said, though you're a sinner, I'm going to come and pay the price for you. It was the one who created me, the one who breathed the breath of air into the, the Adam's nostrils there and gave him that breath of life. That's the one that said, though you're a sinner, I'll come and I'll save you. I'll pay the price. I'll lay down my life because I made you and I love you. Amen? For God so loved the world, that's God as, as a whole there, God the Father, of course, giving His Son, but it was Jesus Christ who did the work. Praise God for it. Praise God for it. Hallelujah. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love reading about this and understanding it. Look at verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus Christ is all about life. Amen. He's all about life. He wants you to have life. He gave it to you physically by creating you. Amen? Forming you in your mother's womb. Giving life. He wants you to have life here more abundantly. He wants you to get saved and be filled with the Spirit of God and enjoy your life here on earth. But He's also given you everlasting life. Eternal life. To spend an eternity with Him. If you so choose. He says it's your choice. It's your choice. In Him was life. Verse 4. And the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now that's not too hard to understand, is it? This world, lost and dying world, unbelievers, they don't comprehend it all, do they? They don't have the Holy Spirit of God in them. They don't understand everything. The Bible says that uh, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Christians get mocked. Jesus Christ was mocked. He said, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be mocked because they, they hated me. They're going to hate you. The, the unsaved world doesn't understand. They need to get saved. That's when the Holy Spirit of God comes in your heart. And that's when, that's when uh, you could, He takes the Word of God and teaches it so we can understand the truth. We've got to get saved. He keeps going here. in verse. Well, we were in verse 5 here. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We forget that sometimes, that first part of that verse. We focus on the, that they didn't comprehend it. That's what we focus on. But the first part says that, what's it say here? And the light shineth in darkness. That's the light because of the life He's put in us. Amen? God said, how can a city on a hill be hid? How can you do that? 
It's on a hill. It's shining bright as a light. How, how can nobody see that thing? He says, shine forth. Let your light so shine forth before men, right? We have the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us life and we have light. And what are we doing hiding it? Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Come on, Brother Jones. You want to sing with me? Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Amen? Hey, praise God. This week was wonderful. I was flying high. I tell you what, I was just so excited. Tuesday night soul winning. There was, there was a person, an adult saved Tuesday night soul winning. Thursday, Thursday, we had a visitor come by just checking out the church. End up getting saved right out here on the sidewalk. It was awesome. Thursday night during a counseling session, had a young lady get saved. Amen? God's still working. Why? Because they're soul winners just asking questions, going, hey, do you know the Lord? Have you received him? Yeah, you might know who he is, but have you received him as your savior? Amen? Now, verse 6 is a very interesting verse. This happens to be my wife's favorite verse in all the Bible. She just, she had a, she was decorating her office and I thought she was going to put this, to put this verse right on the wall. I thought she was going to put it on the wall. She told me she was going to do that. And then she put a different verse. She tricked me. But uh, here's my wife's favorite verse, verse six. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's it. That's it. That's her verse right there. Now let's get on track. Let's get on track. All right. It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Good. Bring it back here. It's talking about John the Baptist. That's who it's talking about. Um, which is still funny because back in Michigan, they used to call me John the Baptist. Uh, part, of, part of the fire department. And, uh, and uh, first time I went in, uh, first day I, I showed up, uh, the chief said, uh, you're John? I said, yes. He says, you're a Baptist preacher? I said, yes, sir. Yes. Oh, good, good. You're John the Baptist. You're our new chaplain. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. God just gave me that one. It was awesome. All right. Uh, but anyways, let's get back to scripture here. Verse six is talking about John the Baptist. That's who it's talking about. It's not the apostle John speaking of himself. He actually never mentions himself. He doesn't use his own name in his, in his book here that the Holy Spirit uses of him. But it's talking about John the Baptist. Talk about that forerunner of Christ. The one crying in the wilderness, Isaiah 40 says. Right? There'd be one that came before Christ announcing, Hey, the Savior has come. He'd say, say It's not me. Everybody thought John the Baptist might have been the Messiah. Because he was a powerful man filled with the Holy Spirit of God, preaching the Word of God. He said, no, 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 I'm not even worthy that I could latch his shoes. It's not me. Let me decrease. I let him increase. John said, it's, it's Jesus Christ. There he is right there. John the Baptist is interesting. His mama and Mary were cousins. That makes them second cousins. I never really comprehended this, but John the Baptist growing up with the Jewish and their families and all that, he, he knew Jesus well. He must have in the family there. Now, they didn't necessarily uh, live close to one another, but they would, he would know who he was. And John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit of God from a, from a child. And he preached. He said, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning Jesus Christ is here. Let's look for the Savior. Verse 7, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of that light, that all men through him might believe. All right, he came to be a witness. 
Consider that word witness for a minute. There's a difference. When we, we think of a witness, when you, a, a witness called to the stand, a witness and an attorney are two different things, aren't they? An attorney has, a, has an agenda, has, a, has a, a, a case that he's trying to win. He has a point that he's trying to prove. And he makes things happen in the courtroom to prove his point, to prove his case. But a witness is different, isn't it? A witness is called and said, speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Amen? That's what John the Baptist was. He came not to prove a case and to, and to do a show and to do all these things. He came to just shout out the truth that the Savior had come. Amen? He knew it because the Holy Spirit of God was in his heart teaching him. He knew it because he had seen him. He knew it. As soon as he saw him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Amen? John the Baptist preaching about Christ here. Verse number 8, He was not that light. This is, John was not that light. He says that multiple times in Scripture. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Jesus Christ has made, made it possible that all men can be saved. First of all, He died on the cross to pay the price. His redemption upon the cross. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't do it on our own. We can't get to God on our own. And then it says, the wages of sin is death. We, if we do nothing, our only hope is hell. is eternal death for all eternity. But Jesus Christ came and He redeemed us on the cross of Calvary. And shed His blood upon that cross. So without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, Hebrews says. Praise God. And He did that for me. But He wasn't like all these other people in the world that, that have followers and, 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 and claim to be something special. That die and are gone and never heard of again. He rose from the dead. Glory. Woo! Yep. Amen? That third day, that tomb was empty. Come on! They said, what would you do with his body? We didn't do nothing with it. He's alive. Hallelujah. Amen. It's only been one to do that. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'll serve him. Amen. You can have Joseph Smith or some Buddha guy or some other fella. I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. He's the only one that rose from the dead. That's my God. That's my God right there. Amen. Verse 10. He was in the world. And the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. It's hard to comprehend that. Rubbing shoulders right along with Jesus Christ. But you say, well, how can that be? How can people not recognize that He was God? Because if, if Philippians chapter 2 says He came as a servant. He came as a servant. He humbled Himself and became flesh, became a man so that He could die for your sins. And there were people that rubbed shoulders right along with him. Jews right in that land rubbing shoulders of it. And they, and they were too blind to see that he was God. That he was their Savior. That's, that's sad. Look at verse 11. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Oh, how much, how shame. That's what a shame. There were some that did uh, believe. There were some uh, Jews that did believe. Brother Gwen, I, I know I always call you out when we're talking about Jews, but you're just standing, sitting right there, okay? Listen here. W wouldn't that be awesome? Blessed of God, 
naturally, and to be blessed of God spiritually. Doubly blessed. A saved Jew. That is awesome. Wouldn't that be great? That's awesome. Doubly blessed. Praise the Lord for that. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Hey, one day he's coming back for him. Yeah. The second coming of Christ. The day of the Lord, the Bible calls it. You look in the book of Joel. You look in the book of uh, Zechariah, Zephaniah, some of these books of the minor prophets. And they talk greatly about the day of the Lord when he comes again. When he comes again. I talked about Revelation 19, the beginning. That's what we're talking about. When he comes again. At Armageddon time. To end that war. To save the Jews physically in their land. And to set up his kingdom. Praise God for it. Man, I get a front row seat to that. You know why? Because I'm saved. And if you're saved, you get a front row seat for it. What do you think, Nick? Man, hallelujah. Woo! Man, I'm going to be on that horse. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Jesus is on the horse. He's got a robe of white. I know I'll have a robe of white. We'll see. I don't know. But I'm going to have a front row seat. It's going to be great. I don't know if I'm going to have like a big sword. Can you see Brother Marion? He'd be all excited. His tongue be hanging out of his mouth. Like, Amen? Woo! Man, it's be awesome. I don't know how it's all going to happen, but I'm excited about it because God told me it is going to happen. He didn't give me every detail. He didn't give me, give me every picture. It's prophecy to come. He gave me the, uh, the, the big highlights of it, and he said, just wait. Just wait, because eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the mind of man those things that God has prepared for you. Hallelujah. Some stuff coming. The kingdom of God on this earth. And then the new Jerusalem descending out of the heavens upon the earth one day. Hallelujah on that new earth. Revelation chapter 21. I get a little excited talking about what's coming. Because, hey, it's for me. I've read, the end of the, I've read the end of the story. I'm on the winning side. You know why? Because I'm saved. And my Jesus is going to be the one to make it all happen there. I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. I'm not a child of the devil. I was once. I was once. Ephesians chapter 2 says I, used to, I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I was a child of the devil. But I'm not anymore. Look, the verse gets to that. Look at the next verse here. Verse 12, I quote this often. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Woo! Right? Come on now. There's so much in this passage. There is so much in this passage. Right? There's two parts here. Man is doing a part and God's doing a part. It's, a, it's, it's miraculous. Life begins... All, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if we're talking about physical or if we're talking about spiritual here. Man has a part and God has a part and God does that miraculous thing of giving life. Okay, He's talking about physical, right? Humans have their part. God creates that special, uh, wonderful life of, of, a, of, a, of a baby in a womb. And makes that miraculous saying and gives life. That's of God. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that he's the one that forms that life. And he's the one that does that. Right. And uh, you think about spiritual. It's the same thing. We've got to believe and receive him as as our savior. And the Bible says he makes it possible. He opens that door and makes us a son of God. A child of God. He makes it possible. God makes it possible. Lord Jesus Christ here. Notice here, it's very important in verse 12 here. It says, let me read it again. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, 
even to them that believe on his name. It's important that we recognize this. There's a couple different aspects in this verse that we need to take notice of. There's that word received, and that's, there's that word believe. And he mentions both of those things there. Doesn't the Bible say something about the, the devil believes and trembles? Doesn't the Bible say that? But he's not saved. Notice there's a word in here, received. It's not enough to just believe that he exists. It's not enough. You look at, the, look at the Bible, it's very clear on this thing, explains this. It's not enough to just say, well, he exists. I was talking to a young lady this week, and, uh, and she says, well, I've always believed in God. And I said, that's not enough. Yes, he exists, but is he your personal Savior? Have you ever received him as your Savior? He's my Savior. Right? He's not just the Savior. He's not just a Savior. He's my Savior. Because I said, I need a Savior. I'm going to die and go to hell. And without Jesus Christ, that's my only hope. And Lord, I'm asking you to be my Savior. Save me from my sins and give me a home with you for eternity. It's my Savior. Amen? It's not just believing, it's receiving. That's where it's so important. The Bible explains this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You've got to believe and you've got to receive. You've got to ask for it. It's your choice. Here's, this is why it's so important we understand this. Because getting saved and being a child of God is not just because grandma was. There are so many folks in this world that are lost and they're confused because, well, grandma took me to church way back when, when I was a baby. Back when I was a kid. That has nothing to do with it. It's not about your good works. It's not about grandma's good works. It's about your choice to receive Christ as Savior. Have you done it? Have you done it? Look at verse number 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's not a fleshly thing. It's not flesh and blood we're talking about. It's a spiritual matter. God did it. He made us the sons of God. He made us the children of God when we chose Him. When we received Him as, as Savior. Amen? God paid that price. God made it happen. God's the one that, that sprinkled His blood upon the, uh, upon the mercy seat so that Father could say, yes, they've been saved. Yes, they're justified in my sight. Hallelujah. Let's finish up with verse 14. Oh, this is a wonderful verse. Look at this. And the Word was made flesh. Whew. We're talking about God. He humbled himself and said, yeah, I'll be born of a woman. Yeah, I'll do that. Think about God in all his glory and all his majesty. I mean, consider the universe that he made. That just blows my mind. Think of the universe that he made. I like this thing of thinking about space and looking at the stars and considering all the things that God made. All right? I'm not, these, I'm not one of these new age people that are trying to be too smart 
and say, well, it's, it's like a dome or something, you know. It's, all these people, they've been lying to us for generations and it, we're, in this, we're in this like uh, snow globe. You heard that? We're in this snow globe and the sun's only about that big and it's right there. And, and No, God, my God created a universe that is far-reaching just like He is. I mean, so far-reaching, so far I can't even understand it. He made a universe that reflected Himself. Amen. That we will never know the, 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 the end of it. Just like we can't comprehend God. If we could comprehend God, that's where I don't understand that whole idea of the flat earthers and, and this whole, if you don't know anything about that, good. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's a good thing. If you are one of those people, listen, that doesn't reflect my God. My God is everlasting. There is no end, and so is His universe. He made it in reflection of Himself. And yet He put this special place called earth right here. The perfect place for mankind to live and have dominion over. And I think about that, and I think about how in the, was it, uh, help me, some of you know this stuff. I think it was in 78, 1978, I think NASA sent out this probe. Is that what they called Voyager? I think it was. I wasn't, I wasn't planning to talk about this. But they sent this probe out, and they put things of, of mankind in there, and just to see if anybody would ever see it, never find it. And they sent this thing out. And it, it was just recently, like in the 2010s, I mean, sometime in the last decade, that they, they said it's just now starting to reach the end of where our, our sun uh, has, has pull on it, the gravitational pull on the outside of our, of our solar system. Okay? Now, help, let me, let, let's think about this for a minute. It's 1978 to 2000, let's just say 2018. I don't know, it was somewhere in that in that realm there, somewhere within the 2010s. What, how many years is that? 40 years. I got some math guys up here. Man, they were right on it. 40 years to reach the outside of our solar system. Do you know our solar system is a little tiny speck of dust in our galaxy? Did you know that? Our galaxy has more stars in it. Our sun is a star. Our galaxy has more stars in it than we can count, and that's just one galaxy. Did you know our universe has countless galaxies? And we as man, it took 40 years for a probe to get to the end of our solar system, let alone that the millions of light years our galaxy is across, let alone the rest of the universe. And my God that created that, listen here, where I'm going with all that, my God that created that, verse number 14, the Word was made flesh. He took His power and His majesty and all of that and said, I'll be humbled and I'll become a man. That right there is an amazing thought. And He did that. Just, He did that for the whole purpose of Calvary. So he could die for the sins of his people. Matthew chapter 1 says that. Isn't that what the angel told Joseph? Yeah. God's coming for the whole purpose to die for the sins of his people. Look what John says. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Greek there has the idea of pitching a tent like, like he dwelt right alongside of us. Like he, he was right here with us dwelling God dwelling with men. Amazing. Amazing thought there. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We could learn a lot from that, full of grace and truth right there. Brother Martini, I'm not just supposed to be full of, uh, full of truth. 
But sometimes a preacher can, feel, can, can act that way, can he? Oh, bless God, you all sinners. You've seen preachers act that way. Yeah. They're supposed to be not just full of truth. They're supposed to be full of grace. Just like my Savior. Jesus Christ went to that well, that woman at the well. And he says, uh, call your husband. She says, uh, well, I've had five. And the one I'm living with is not my husband. Yeah, he said, I know. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I love you. And you need some water that you'll never thirst again. You need it. He, he wasn't just full of truth. He was full of grace. He's full of grace. Praise God. We need to remember that. Let's be more, but more like our Savior. Hey, I praise God that the Holy Spirit has allowed me to preach Christ. I'm going to close my Bible right there. Give you hope. I got to give you hope. I see some of you. Do you know, Pastor John, what I got in the crock pot? Come on, Pastor. It's going to be really good for about 15 more minutes. Listen here. Listen here. I get excited about preaching about my Jesus. I get to preach is to proclaim. That, that Greek word, k-rux, is to proclaim. Herald with authority. I get to preach about my Savior, Jesus Christ. Because He's worthy. Amen. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Not just, not just believe that He exists. Have you received Him as your Savior? When I was a boy, somebody taught me that. I said, you need Jesus. Don't, 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 just, don't just color the little page that he, where He died on the cross. We're not talking about knowing that He existed. We're talking about, is He your Savior? Show me that Romans road, how I needed a Savior because of my sin. And that if I just confessed and asked Him to save me, believed that He was able, I could be saved. Thou shalt be saved. How about you this morning, Christian? I think we need to get back to a point where we're serving Jesus Christ with our life. That, that all things were made by Him and for Him. That we would be, as the Father wants us to be, more conformable unto the image of His dear Son. That we would fit to be more like Jesus every day and serving Him with our life instead of us doing it in our flesh like what we want. I struggled a little bit this week. I had a message. Yes, yeah, Brother Williams. I, I left Friday. I had a message in my Bible. And I'm sitting here. He was leaving, walking the door, and I'm just... Walking around, he's like, you going to leave? I said, I'm just struggling a little bit. So I got a message, but I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm just uncomfortable with it. It was a good one. I mean, I had it right, I folded up right in my Bible there. I, I thought it was good. But the Holy Spirit wasn't in it. And I said, Lord, let me empty myself right now of what I think is good. I mean, this Bible's full of a lot of good things, but if the Holy Spirit ain't, God ain't in the preaching, it's all pointless. It don't matter if I was preaching John 3.16 this morning. If God, the Holy Spirit, wasn't in it, then I shouldn't do it. This weekend, he said, you just need to preach Christ. You need to preach Christ. 
Because Jesus Christ is the, is the hope for this world. Amen. Jesus Christ is the hope for this world. Whether there's believers or unbelievers, they need Jesus Christ. Amen. Stop living in this flesh. Start living for Him. Let's bow together. Lord, thank You for what You've taught.